0: everybody welcome back to the great and terrible ahs we're starting a new season today baby it's it's coven oh it's yeah, and, shit. Let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um this was the season that got a lot of people's attention right this is the season that when i when my mom heard i'm doing a podcast about this she was like oh are you doing coven i i watched that one it scared me real bad And <laughs> i'm just like okay so even my mom's aware of that so that's like <laughs> the cultural one that took off then huh
1: yeah i like I I didn't look into it too much. I I will when we do more episodes. But like, it feels as though either FX dumped more money into this season, or they got a different team of like producers, or maybe writers. Um, something something is very clearly different from season one and season two in a way that like you can tell there was a shift. Um, I, I oh sorry, God. No, go ahead.
2: I I made a noise there because so, um, season three, uh, is when I had trouble finishing, um, a couple of times. Not, I don't think that's any like reflection of the season. I think it was just like one of those things. But, uh, (laughs) when doing this podcast, I finally sat down to watch it because there, there's a lot of references in future seasons to come in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I do agree. It's, I, I think it, I, I still think it falls into old habits as it goes on. But, um, Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, I'm like, I kind of agree with you. I think it starts pretty strong, and it's like one of the ones where I'm like, we have to do it because it's so referenced, but it's also, but then you watch it and you're like, okay, there's there's still a lot of meat on this bone. To- yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> like, my my gut reaction, I'll just say straight up: my gut check reaction is of all of the American horror story like episodes that we've watched so far for this podcast, mm-hmm. this is probably, I think, the single best, like, single episode of television of it, I think. Like, I really do think they nailed it. Like, especially as an intro, um, they managed to successfully deploy multiple hooks and have them all land pretty well, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Like, there's enough mysteries going on, and it's not immediately obvious what they're going to do with it, which I feel like is a problem they often have, is they'll introduce something as a mystery, and we're like, we we already know how this ends. Like, you're you're, you're wasting all of our time. Whereas this, like... They do a couple of strange things here or there, along with a couple more straightforward ones. And I think like the character writing's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so far, they gave Jessica Lang more fucking runway to work with and didn't make her character like implicitly have brain problems, which I think <laughs> is a boon for for us the viewers and for Jessica Lang, the
1: actress. <laughs> <laughs> also, everything feels very um, at least in this episode, which I think is an important thing for a first episode of a season of an anthology specifically Um, specifically um everything felt intentional and relevant like there may have been a couple of scenes that felt like oh well like you could have maybe surmised that in a different way but knowing what i know and like knowing what happens in the future i'm like oh actually if you know where that ends up going this is kind of clever um which is something they've never pulled off in any of the other seasons of like Oh, yeah, looking back on that, that was like a little seed of something. That was a clever thing they had that character say. Um, They try. God help them. They try, um, but Mm -hmm. they never land it. Um, And the other thing is, um, I will say there wasn't really a point in this episode. Like Ty just said, um, I think a testament to this uh, episode is, um, I know the bar is in hell, but like... Mm -hmm out of all of the episodes we've seen so far, um, this was the only one that I enjoyed watching. (laughs) Um, Which, again, the bar is in hell. If the only episode out of what, like several hundred thus far, uh, that we've enjoyed is this one. Um, It's not like a ringing endorsement of the show, but it's a ringing endorsement uh, in comparison.
0: Like, legit, I had to keep myself from auto-watching the next episode, a problem I have not really had up to this <laughs> point. Like it was very much like... I kind of want to see what Jessica Lang and, uh, and uh, Kathy Bates are going to get up to. I bet they're going to get up to <laughs> some nasty shit. I want to see. You know, I'm into it. Um, whereas, yeah, before before this, it was always like it would end and I'm like,
2: <gasps> <sighs> thank God. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would constantly be like uh, clock watching with other seasons. Like, God, how much more of this shit do I have to watch? It's, um, but It's definitely a lesson. chore.
2: This podcast feels sometimes like a little bit of a... You know what I mean? Like, all right, I got to do the laundry. I got to watch for the podcast. You know, know, a
1: hallmark of a great television show when it feels like you're clocking into a job to watch an episode. Like, I love
2: talking with y'all about it. Don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, the prep work's like... It feels like homework. No, I,
1: it, honest to God, feels like homework each time. Yeah. Like, ugh, I guess I got to watch an episode of American Horror Story tomorrow. <laughs> looking,
0: looking through all the seasons of my podcast I was on before this and just nodding and going, yeah, that was definitely a chore season. That was a fun season. That was a chore season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gundam Wing, painful every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess to crack it open, um, I had I made a note because um, I usually the way that i set up notes is i i write up like a skeleton like outline um just like a framework in a google doc uh that has like mm-hmm. the title of all the different episodes so that we can kind of keep track of it as we go um and as i was doing that i was looking at some of the episode names and they're they're pretty choice so, which is another thing that i'd like to point out is um we'll reference some specific things as we go on talking about this episode but um also one thing that's like kind of kind of wild is like this is why i think there's another or like a different writer is there's some actual like genuinely good humor um in this first episode like it got a giggle out of me a couple times and you could tell they were intentionally trying to be funny it wasn't like oh that was so bad it was funny they were trying to make a joke and it was a funny joke Um, that's kind
2: of how you know right (laughs) because they are not funny sorry
0: the thing I didn't even clock until you started, like, beginning to praise something, and then my brain, like, put together is, like, oh, Liz is going to compliment the fact that they didn't have, like, endless different title card drops to tell you how much time has passed or what time we're in or what place it's been. Oh, yeah. they yeah. They just trust you to, like, know this Uh, season so far, which I was like, holy shit. They just, like, let you figure they they don't have to cut back to, like, a fucking slave plantation and be like, this isn't the
1: modern day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they use a lot of filters, which is nice because they're, like... Just, some of them are a little heavy handed and maybe that's like one of the criticisms I would have of some of the scenes in this episode <laughs> um, is they do go a little hard with some of the flashback filters to very heavily emphasize we're watching something in the past to like kind of in a very holdy way where you're like, all right, I could have figured this out. You didn't have to they- like. Slap eighty-five filters on here, but at least they're doing it. I guess it's better than nothing.
0: <laughs> they're not just putting a title card up front and being like, "This is t- Big Apple, three a.m." i to love it.
2: <laughs> I still feel like there's parts of it where they're kind of like, "Like, wow, you don't think much of me, American Horror Story," because there's like little dialogue things where it's like, "I know," like you don't have to explicitly <laughs> whatever. But,
0: yeah. What's so strange is they'll have those moments, and then they'll have other moments where they reference like. The owner of, like, the literal first character we're going to meet... Is also a real person, which mm-hmm. is insane to that's me because insane. watching this, I would have no inkling
2: that it was yeah. based on a real person
0: whatsoever. fucking ever. Like yeah.
2: future Slow Beef like died in a timeline because in our in the Discord, <laughs> Liz was like, Yeah, that's a real person. I'm like, wait a friggin' minute. What? Like I saw the whole season and I had no idea and that I can't I can't believe they did that. So <laughs> here, well,
1: let's get into describing what's going on and then I will go I will explain yeah. how I revealed this information um so it starts it does start with it doesn't start with a title card they drop it kind of in the middle of this scene but like it's a it's very apparent from the beginning of the shot that um we're watching something very far in the past um and it's specifically new orleans 1834 which this season will take place in new uh orleans
0: and it's aggressively period costumed yes. is the way it's so obvious yeah yes uh-huh. and
1: there's like there is a little bit of like a little sepia filter over it and like some graininess to the film they make it very clear that we're watching something in the past we don't Kathy have to Bates
0: has a <laughs> She has one of those funny fans that only ladies who have to concern themselves with fainting 24-7 have. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's one of those. Especially in New Orleans. Um, oh, God, yeah, in that <laughs> dress? Fuck me. I'd be fainting. <laughs> so this is our first character that we're introduced to. It's Madame Delphine Lillerie, um, who is a real person, played by Kathy Bates in this series. Um, regrettably she is a real person and very awful um in both the show and in real life um so much so that what's wild is like when i first saw this i forgot she was a real person um and i'm like oh they're ripping off um a different awful white lady um that i had like written up a whole note for and then i'm like "Uh, let me google to make sure this is them ripping off somebody and um, then i was like No, I remember when Teenage Liz was hyper fixated on the movie Stay Alive um, starring Frankie Muniz um, about another awful white lady who did something similar in a video game, nonetheless. Um, And I went down a rabbit hole at that point in my life about all these awful white women who um, had a complex for putting people's blood on their face. Uh, And yeah, and then I remembered that um, Madame Delphine Lalaurie is a real person, um, so they've once again mansoned this. Except for, I guess she's not alive at the time of filming, so that's a little bit of an improvement. Um, <laughs> she will be Getting a there. character, though, like a character with a capital C. It's not like we're referencing a, a part of history that they are just like showing us for framework. Unfortunately. I think um, that's the most
2: surprising part, right? Cuz like again, knowing what like she's like a character in the season, not like like it's 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 not like um the woman who shot Andy Warhol, whose name yeah. is escaping me, where it's one episode or whatever. It's like yeah, she's a real person. It's 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 odd, you know.
1: Yeah. And they they do this in a couple of seasons where someone <coughs> who is a real life person will be a character with a capital C, not just like a reference to someone who existed in history um but she is the first character we're introduced to
0: and it's wild because any other form of media this would be like stand out notably weird like i can actually think of a very good example of this dead by daylight a video game that is known (laughs) for having tons of fake horror characters here and there you know like it's got your ghost face your michael myers all that shit um They just put Nick Cage in it, like the man (laughs) Nick Cage, and it rips, and everybody loves it, but it's like, it's highlighted as weird in the game. Like, I'm pretty sure he has lines that, like, break the fourth wall and shit. Like, he's having a good time. They know it's weird. They highlight that it's weird that they have real human man Nick Cage in the game. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's the thing, because, like, usually American Horror stories, real-life characters are all, like, they're involved in, like, some horrible tragedies or something, or in this case, was, like, an especially malicious slave owner, and I know what I said just now, you know, where it's kind of like... Dead by Daylight's got a cute tongue and cheek thing with Nicolas Cage American Horror Story. He's like, what atrocities can we use for our story? That's a
0: good yeah. point,
2: Mega Man. As far as I know, Nicolas Cage has not
0: committed a genocide. That's a good point. <laughs> he I didn't is think about mentioned it that in this
1: episode. <laughs> Sorry. That's a Spoiler good point. Alert. Nick Cage <laughs> oh. is referencing it.
0: Relevant. Uh,
1: yeah. So we're introduced to um, the Madame. Um, I don't remember whether they call her Delphine or LaLaurie. Um, I'll just call her LaLaurie I guess Um, And she is kind of like soft Pitching her three daughters to like A bunch of men at a party like mm-hmm. Hey my daughters might be ugly But they are talented And then she like lists them off Marie, Pauline and Borkita um, And then she's like yeah this daughter can do this This daughter can do this Pauline can't do shit And then Pauline's <laughs> like no actually My pussy game is fire And she's like uh oh <laughs> Um,
0: Perhaps my talents lie in the bourgeois. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a <an laughs> really good is exchange. To be <laughs> fancy.
1: Uh, and then later, it just immediately like cuts away from the party, and it's Madame LaLaurie, uh putting blood on her face as she looks in the mirror. Um, and as she does that, some guy comes in. I didn't bother to write down his name. I don't know that he's relevant. I don't know that we ever see him again. A Brumpleman. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um the servant. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, she's like hey this blood isn't fresh and then he's like that sucks anyway there's something um, going on downstairs something happened at the party and so they all rushed downstairs like someone has died um, and the thing that happened at the party was that Pauline her daughter tried to have sex with Bastion which is one of the family's slaves um, and uh, the madam is not happy about this um, she's like we're gonna frame him for sexual assault also wait I have a different idea I don't know why I even said that idea Uh, send him to the torture room upstairs and I'm like yeah we probably didn't need to like do the framing thing actually Um, could have just skipped to the torture room I just wanted you to know that in
0: today's society according to the period this film is in this is normally what would happen but instead I'm gonna be worse like it's a really (laughs) weird
2: delivery (laughs) so you know what What bugged me a bit about this scene is what happens is she catches him together and she's like we're gonna say he forced himself on ya and then the, the, the bastion goes like no ma'am you know she wanted me to and it's like yeah I get what's happening American Horror Story you don't need to like can't hold me through it but whatever that's just a little nitpick because I have to nitpick (laughs) (laughs) now
0: (laughs) one thing I am willing to nitpick a little bit too. uh, luckily it's pretty passive is So they have, uh, you know, the Madame painting her face with blood. And they try and, like, frame it as, like, this mysterious thing. Like, oh, what is this? Like, they use it multiple times as, like, a build-up device. But the whole time you're, like yeah it's human blood it's like clearly human blood of some form like why else would they have her doing this so later on when they were the spoilers it's human blood they're just like oh my god and i'm like what was i supposed to think it yeah. was <laughs> if it wasn't
1: human blood yeah. this is actually the point where i was like oh they're ripping off annie palmer um a terrible woman who um johnny cash wrote a song about um who did this exact thing in jamaica and then i was like I'm gonna Google it, and that's where I went down my rabbit hole and realized that um, no, they're both they were both real people, and they both just sucked really bad. Um, so yeah, she sends him upstairs, and there's like a room where like there's a bunch of slaves who have been tortured in various ways, which is a little like uh, th- again, this was a real lady who did this. Um, th- like it's weird that they show us all these people. When I say tortured in different ways, I mean like one lady has her face skin like peeled off. Um, mm-hmm. some people are like flayed. Like everybody's like getting a different business, and, and none of it's good, and all of it's very gory. Um, and then we get to like where the, what they're gonna do to Bastion, and what they do to Bastion is um, they like tie him to like a rack, and then they put a bull head on his head, um, which like in comparison to the other yeah. stuff that everyone else is going through that seems kind of okay actually um honestly
0: just compared to the historical torture tortures that like involve a bull or a bull-shaped object this is pretty yeah this is a pretty light sentence
1: yeah, yeah. like he just, and like they don't like kill him like they just put a bullhead on his head I mean I'm sure he does die because we see later there's like a culmination to the story which again I was gonna say this earlier it's kind of nice because we do get this like kind of out of left field flashback sequence um which I immediately started getting Roanoke flashbacks like oh no is it one of these but this setup actually has an immediate payoff in this episode and it actually feels earned by the end of the episode so like yeah. Good job, American Horror Story, for doing a framework story and it actually having immediate and complete payoff by the end of the episode. Um, so he gets the bull on his head, um, and she's like, I just really liked the Minotaur or whatever. Um, it was just a really weird um, exchange. Yeah. I, just, like,
0: <laughs> I, I, I wanted a Minotaur, and now I've got a Minotaur. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. And then it just like cuts away. I, it's really like... I, <laughs>
1: Very is this anything? I love Castlevania 3
2: Anyway, yeah.
1: Uh, then it comes <laughs> to the opening sequence, which uh, it's you know it's an American horror story, so there's a different one for each season. Um, interesting point, though. There is a lot of like KKK imagery, which will make it even more confusing later on. Whether or not this season is self-aware of its racism, um, it almost <sighs> seems like it is. But I think... we'll see. <laughs> this is um, a, yeah, I think.
2: Yeah, there's because yeah, <laughs>
1: There's, there's I, like it,
2: American Horace. Yeah, go ahead. I want to get ahead of myself. So maybe yeah. I'll shut up.
1: We'll we'll get we'll get there in the later part of the season. But like, yeah, it's it, you can tell that maybe like the different writers on this show, like maybe like one is aware and the others aren't. <laughs> and the one it's, that is is desperately trying to be like, no, 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 no. We know it's we know this is bad. We know this is wrong. We're aware. uh but now it's time for the present day and um it's time to introduce our next character who has the worst superpower ever so we're about to meet zoe who is um yeah yeah, violet Tysa farmiga who is violet um and uh we get to learn about her kick-ass shitty witch power right off the bat um she's bringing some dude home She's like a teenage girl and she's bringing home a teenage guy to have sex with him in the middle of the day. Um the sec this is one of my few critiques of this episode. The sex scene where they're like getting ready to have sex is like weirdly quiet. The whole like 35 second like sequence of them undressing weirdly quiet. There's like You know, the- <laughs> it's like so you- like awkward the whole time.
2: You know there was a draft of this where Twisted Nerve was playing, though, oh, right?
1: Oh, for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's was like, name is Charlie. Was like, no.
1: It does not matter, <laughs> but this guy's name is Charlie. And, like, mm-hmm. they specifically... I, I know they had to do this so that we, the audience, would know this, but he, in the middle of them, they've been getting, like, ready to have sex for, like, 35 seconds at this point. They're on the bed, and he just, like, stops and gets sad for a second. He's like, it just sucks being someone's first. And I'm like, yeah, teenage boys are infamous for stopping and talking about the delicate nature of intimacy before having sex yeah. with their girlfriend. They, everyone, Everyone knows this. Yeah. Uh, but they had to they had to let us know that this was her first time having sex um, as if like like Beef said as if we were too stupid to like fill in the blanks <laughs> ourselves after what happens right. next um, there's a lot
2: of tell don't show here in this part especially <laughs> yes, You've got, there yeah. is.
1: Um, so they ha- start having just the weirdest quietest most awkward sex where they are both stone still not moving at all <laughs> And
0: yet one of them hits an incredible command grab parry and just flips <laughs> the other on the, on the underneath and like violet some I'm sorry not violet. Zoe just like yeah. manages to whip into a perfectly mounted cowgirl out of nowhere it's unbelievable <laughs>
1: yeah, it's Especially like no, impressive no motion. Oh my god it's it's especially quite impressive when A this is the just first time they've had sex and like, like period not just with each other Natural like gifts. period and B <laughs> Um, that Charlie is bleeding from all of his orifices at this point. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The (laughs) second they start having sex... Which it's not clear when that moment is. Because like I said, neither of them is moving. And then all of the sudden, he just starts bleeding from all of his holes. Um, And then like he somehow ends up on his back. They're in missionary position. And he ends up on his back somehow through the magic of editing. Um, And she is perfectly in cowgirl. Like still conjoined at the genitals. Um, Impressive technique. Absolutely impeccable impressive technique on her part.
2: This is what um, Pauline was talking about with the boot, you know. Yeah. But.
1: Maybe that's her talent. Um unfortunately for Zoe though, she does have the demon coochie. Um yeah. that will make you explode. If you get it, she's
0: got the she's got that uh, the the guy whose head explodes from scanners edition of Vagina Dentata. She, more she or, was, or less, yeah. yeah.
2: She she was kind of in the original version. They're like I don't know if you've ever seen Ninja Scroll, but if you have sex with the one, like I've seen it. It's years <laughs> ago. Yeah, I know American Horror Story. I remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, like usually when sex is like mind blowing, that's a good thing. This is the time where it explicitly <laughs> is not. This is the worst case.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Zoe. Has um, the worst superpower, which is that if uh, if she uses her coochie, um, the other person will die. Uh, essentially, they'll just explode. Um, and it cuts immediately to Zoe being on a train, giving a voiceover. Uh, some of this, some of the information in this episode is given through Zoe giving a voiceover. Um, and right now, it's a very funny voiceover sequence it's, where she's like, yeah, he had a brain aneurysm.
2: <laughs> it's a whole-ass monologue at this point where she oh, just yeah. explains the frame of what we're going to see. Which, yeah.
1: honestly, I think, in a, in a way, I'm, I kind of am glad they did that instead of some of the other dumb ways they've given us information in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather have a character monologuing in their mind, I guess. Um, but in the flashback that Zoe is talking about, she is getting the funniest fucking speech i've ever heard from her mom who's like no honey it wasn't your fault i should have warned you that this would happen we have (laughs) generational lethal vagina syndrome which i that's not what she says but she doesn't say what it is um (laughs) she just implies that like yeah your grandma had it too where like your vagina will make people explode
2: I decided to just traumatize you, just outright by, by giving you a surprise. Yeah, like that's <laughs> we, one of those
1: things that, like, no, you t- you tell your kid, especially if they're like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you definitely yeah, that's tell the time. your kid. That's, that's it's that's called the
0: time. The th- yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: it's called the talk, and usually you don't mention that part, but this is an important bit of information. You. And she clearly want- <laughs> knows what sex was because she was ready to have sex, but like. You you want to mention that you want to drop that little Do you tidbit think you in can there. Catch
0: it in advance. Do you think like if he's like if he was like ooh blood out of the eyes and she's like it pull it, if his pullout game was good enough? What would he <laughs> uh, I don't,
1: who could say I don't know I don't know that anyone gets close enough. Um,
0: Maybe that's why they had to switch to the cowgirl. They realized the missionary. We might think,
2: well, what if when he I, had a pullout game that was on point? Whenever yeah. I finger you, I get nocular migraine. You think that's something? No. <laughs>
1: Oh my god the funniest part of this speech that the mom is giving is like the whole Did time Did bite my tongue? <laughs> Like, the whole time the mom is giving this speech, it is cut to her dad in the kitchen looking really sad. And I'm like, what is the implication here that, like, he's never had sex with her mom? Like, it was all, like, artificial insemination. And he's like, yeah, she's got the killer vagina. I'm like, why are we even seeing dad at this point? He's never mentioned again in the rest of the show, as far as I'm aware. Like, it is just specifically showing the sad man in the kitchen. And I'm like, you know what? I do feel bad for him. I don't know why, but I do feel bad for him. Um, And then furthermore in the monologue, she's like, here's a history lesson about the Salem witch trials, which everybody already knows about. Um, Also, all of the witches who were actually in Salem were smart enough not to get caught and they fled to Louisiana, I guess, question mark. And there's a boarding school there for witches. Um, And then it cuts back to a flashback where I guess the men in black show up and um swooser away to the boarding school um Mm -hmm.
0: which uh, this would be an appropriate level of response to some of the witches we engage with later but i really feel like with the killer coochie you can just walk (laughs) up and be like now don't have sex with me but we have to go somewhere pretty easy to dodge that one like if she gets naked just be like hold
1: on (laughs) and um as as she's being like carted away by the men in black um we get introduced to another character who will only see one time this episode but she'll be in the future don't worry um bad myrtle snow shows up um she's played by Frances conroy um, who was moira or the angel of death um Moira. Who's Moira? um,
2: Yep. Got it. Moira. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Moira.
1: (laughs) Um, Myrtle is a queen. A lot of the characters in this show are a queen. Um, and she's here. She's very eccentric. She has her big red hair and her like funny glasses and she looks like that lady from The Incredibles who makes the outfits. Um, oh, you're right. She does. And while
0: <laughs> while they're carting uh, Zoe off to the point that like the mother is clearly a little bit in distress and conflicted about was this the right decision or not and Myrtle just lunges over to the drapes and goes, oh, I love Tartan. What a great... Boy. What a great pattern. Well, I got to (laughs) go.
1: Oh, God, I love Myrtle. Um, And then that's like kind of the culmination of that flashback. And then they arrive where they're going, which is the boarding house. Um, And it's called Miss Robichaud's Home for Exceptional Young Ladies, Um, which 20-year-old Liz was foaming at the mouth for this, like this aesthetic and this name um, right up my alley. The name is so
0: funny because it's like exactly the same as the name of the X-Men Academy. Just like ex- just control and, F- and Miss Peregrine's
1: <laughs> home for peculiar children. Like everything along that oh, vein. Yeah, right. That
2: yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I think one of them are going to make a joke about, like, kind of, like, messed up Hogwarts or something. But I think, mm-hmm. like, X-Men is probably a better, like, a closer cognate to it. Because it's, like, all the witches mm-hmm. are going to have their own, like, powers. Which mm-hmm. I think is odd, truthfully. Because, you know, because there's a couple who are just, like, no, they're witches. They cast magic. There's no, like, thing to it. But then a couple <laughs> of them, like, uh, uh, oh, God, I almost, uh, Chloe? Wait, Zoe. Uh, wait, what's her name again? I Queenie? No, no, no. um The one we're talking about with the killer vagina.
1: Oh, that's um, oh, Zoe. No, you're right. It's Zoe. Zoe, Zoe, thank you. you.
2: Sorry, yeah. Um, no, yeah, but like, she has like a specific kind of th- like thing, yeah. And so does like Queenie who we're going to meet, et cetera. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Yeah um so they are kind of like the x-men in a lot of ways um so she like goes inside and it's like pretty empty myrtle doesn't follow her inside unclear why um Mm -hmm. and (laughs) she's just kind of meandering about the house and it's like super empty it's this big huge empty boarding school very white very pale very clean um and then all these people in plague doctor masks are like zooming around in the background and she's like who's there um and then they corner her uh and like put her on a table and pretend to human sacrifice her after putting a sack on her head. And she's like, oh, no, I'm getting human sacrificed. And then they're like, just (laughs) kidding. We're just pranking you. And they take off their masks. And that's when we meet all the other girls. Um currently, because there will it's be hazing.
0: more. This is, what, this is what hazing is, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so the first girl takes off her mask, and that's um Madison, Madison Montgomery, played by Emma Roberts, who I don't think is in the show up until this point. I think this is her yeah. uh, first season that she's in. I think
2: you're right. I think you're absolutely right.
1: Um, I think she's in she she definitely is in more uh, of them, but she this is her first one. Um and this character's a movie star. Um, then we meet Queenie. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Is it G- Gabori? S- oh,
2: yeah. She was in the, um, actually she was in stories in the aura episode, yeah. right? Episode she, two. Was. Yeah. she was
1: the main character in stories or not in stories, but in aura. Cause that's stories. So each one is a different one. Um, but yeah, I don't remember if she's in any other season either but i also have a big i don't think she's been in main
0: series up to this point at least and she, for the record just incredible actress she's queenie kicks
1: ass queenie is top three by far um and the next is nan who is played by jamie brewer who is addy in season one the little girl who gets hit i say little girl she's like 35 but she was meant to be a little girl gets hit by a car um and then our final character for this scene walks in and is introduced and it's Cordelia Fox the headmistress um which is a Wattpad fan fiction ass name for a witch. I was gonna
0: say that's like an anthropomorphized fox that you are definitely supposed to want to have sex with and for And it's a
1: sure. fox with two x's just so we're yeah. clear.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah
1: it's extra horny yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And she's played by Sarah Paulson um so that's our cast for right now. <laughs> Um, and Cordelia (laughs) sends the girls outside. She's like, how dare you haze this new girl or whatever. Go get the groceries. I'm going to give Zoe a very brief history of the school. Um, and she does. Well, she's showing Zoe around. She's like, this was a finishing school in 1790. And then it was a military hospital. Uh, and then it became a boarding school again. But in 1868, Marianne Wharton, this famous author and suffragette, uh, who was the Supreme at that time, which we'll get into in a second. Um, Set up this school for witches to like hide out um, and have like a safe space to learn how to be a witch, um, and then that's when it cuts to a different scene where the girls are all back together and Cordelia's like, "Okay, so a supreme is a witch that has all of the goodies. They can do all of the things that a witch can do. It's not just like, oh, I just have killer coochie, I have telekinesis, etc. It's mm-hmm. you can do all of the things." Um, right. and there's only one at a time, which is very important. Um, Zoe is like, Oh, are you the supreme? And then the girls kind of like laugh at her and are like, And Cordelia's like, No, I'm just a regular witch. Um, and we'll understand why she has like a little bit of animosity about that in a minute. Um, And then as she's like explaining what the school does, um, she's like, yeah, I don't even remember why she brings this up, but she's like, yeah, there was another girl um, outside of Lafayette named Misty Day, my queen, um, played by Lily Robb, who was Mary Eunice.
0: She was just mentioning like, hey, there's a reason we have to have an order like this because people who are who like us who are caught still are treated this way to this day because, yeah, she go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah, no. Misty Day, um, who will be a reoccurring name that you'll hear, um, played by Lily Robb again, Mary Eunice, um, was a girl who just recently, like, recently enough that it's a plot point in this episode, um, was, like, hanging out with her really religious um, family slash community um, and then realized she had the power of necromancy. um, Okay, I... I need to
0: intervene here because really religious doesn't quite sell it. It's like the people who are like the snake handler level of extreme Mm. religious. Where they're like taking poisonous snakes and like shaking them around in their hands. You know, screaming that Christ will protect them. Like that level of like constant miracle invocation church. Like the church that is trying to perform or pretend to perform miracles regularly to their congregation. So... Misty Day, when they're in, literally in the middle of one of these, picks up a tiny bird off the ground that no one else saw was dead, brings it back to life, it flies away, and then she just passes out. So she just... Did a miracle yeah. in the middle of a meeting of Christians trying to raise the Holy Spirit to do miracles. She does one, and their response to this is, "Well, I got a fucking burner alive for sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, obviously.
0: <laughs> like it's this it, isn't a gift from God that we have. That we have a fucking someone who can bring small animals back from the grave. No, that's not a miracle she, of Christ. Clearly, this is witchcraft.
2: Like she's gonna wrong, blow the like? whole scam here. Like yeah. did I say that? Yeah. You know, like." (laughs)
1: yeah and she gets burned alive um just keep that in mind i guess um now we're cutting to a different a completely different place different time it's raining somewhere and a limo pulls up outside of this like very futuristic looking testing facility um another resident bad bitch but this time actual named fiona good another wattpad ass name um played by Jessica Lang, gets out and she walks inside the facility. Uh, this guy, who I think his name is David, it will not matter by the end of the episode, um, <laughs> is like, hey, here's a video of this monkey who's really old and has a bunch of diseases. We gave her the juice and now she's not old anymore. And Fiona's like, hell yeah, give me the juice. And he's like, Oh okay, in like two years we can start doing human trials. And she's like, You have thirty minutes to give me the juice. <laughs> and he's like, Uh I don't think we can do that. Yeah.
0: It- <laughs> Yeah he starts explaining like I don't think We can and she's just like I am the Person who funded all of this you're Claiming you're gonna get like the Nobel Peace Prize and shit that's my Nobel Peace Prize motherfucker and we both know It so you give me that goddamn juice <laughs> And it's like <laughs> a pretty good Sell it's a pretty yeah, well done. Yeah. yeah Jessica Lang she's good at this she's a yeah. good actress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and this is one of the scenes which again I'm not Gonna like go into why because we'll Get there obviously but like this is <laughs> one Of the scenes specifically that watching it now now I'm like oh this is this is kind of clever because you think it's about this but you find out later why she's actually doing this um and the guy kind of like maybe gets a little more personal with her instead of being like I'm just a science man and he's like listen if this is about like you know aesthetics or cosmetic or whatever I can I have a lot of plastic surgeons I can give you the number of like he's being like kind of like gentle with her about this like he thinks that it's like she she's like very insecure about getting older and he's it's like, like you're a very, vanity yeah. obsession thing. yeah yeah and he's like you're very beautiful for your age like i can offer you other things and she goes no i need vitality i need to stay young and he's like he says something kind of clever for the the writing he's like sorry we don't do magic here um which we'll figure out later like what her like obsession is with this um but at face value, it is the very, you know, simplistic thing that we've already seen. One character at the beginning of the episode, Madame LaLaurie, have an obsession with. And it's, it's just a unique tie-in. Anyway, um, five days later, she goes back home and is doing cocaine in her penthouse apartment, um, vibing to music. The TV mentions Misty Day being burned at the stake. David, the science man, shows up and is like why did you make me leave my daughter's violin recital? And she's like, the serum is not working. Give me twice as much of it. And he's like, no, also I resign. And she telekinesis throws him into a wall. Um.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and we start running into the problem of um, having a fun scrappy team of people who all have one unique bespoke ability that they have to apply cleverly in any situation and then one who just fucking TK throws people into walls and makes them explode by thinking at them too hard. Like, uh-huh. it's just... It really, every time she kind of wields it, it, it at least so far, it's boring. It doesn't really have that whole, like, nuance of terror of, are they going to use it? Is this the time they're going to break? Because she just does it. Like, she just does it arbitrarily. It doesn't have that same kind of, like... I don't know. It doesn't nail the tension. I I, I is- wish they took a little bit longer on the reveal of, can just do everything. Because it kind of defeats a lot of the tension in some of the later scenes, you know? To a certain certain extent, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, she just chucks him into a wall, and then, like, sucks his soul out through his face, and he, like... It's... They try and, like, do a trick where they make it, like, oh, it's she's kissing him or whatever, but actually, it's bad, and the way they sell it is by, like, spinning the camera really fast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I... I hate when they do that i hate that technique of like it's bad so we're gonna spin the <laughs> camera
2: really fast so that you feel bad at home watching
1: it <laughs> i think it's Don't you love
2: that? And it's not even the like first time they've done that, where it's just like, I hate when they do that American yeah. Horror yeah. Story. It's like, yeah. I'm so sick of the beds and sick of the motion sickness I get from this stuff. Stop
0: spinning the camera so that I'm sick to my tummy. <laughs> I'm always sick to my tummy. I'm
1: 33! <laughs> uh, yeah. It's actually so,
2: uh, pledging. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
1: It, um,. <laughs> It makes her young again for like two seconds. Like her sucking the soul out of this guy makes her young for like two seconds. So obviously, like the implication is that, like, no matter what she does, she's not able to use her magic to like stay young or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. which is a plot point. Um, then it cuts to the next sequence of events. We're back at the Academy. Um, a spindly looking Butler who looks like Rob Zombie named Spalding, who's played by Dennis O'Hare, who is Larry from the season one, everybody's favorite little gremlin guy. Um, like the girls are talking about him while he's in the room. Um, and it's revealed that like his tongue was cut out. Madison asks if it was because he sucks at eating pussy. Um, um, then they kind of get into a little, like, playful argument, the girls do. Um, and then the girls kind of grill Zoe about her power, and she just refuses to explain. This part is a little weird, because they're like, yeah, what? what's up with you? What's your power? What happened? Did you kill somebody? And then Zoe just doesn't tell them. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure what we are supposed to glean from this. But then we get a little introduction to the other girls and their abilities. Um because Madison kind of drops, and this is a, an example of this has to be a different writer, because Madison says something in passing here, it's one line, but it delivers the information that we need without having to show us her doing it, which is she goes, we get it, Nan, you're clairvoyant, because she like reads Zoe's mind mm-hmm. and says something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, damn, someone else must have been writing this episode, because American Horror Story has never known to just hey, just say something in passing and you don't have to show us a whole fucking scene, a sequence of events. Up up to this
0: point, um, the best we could hope for is for Nan to turn directly to the camera and go, I know that because I'm clairvoyant. <laughs> and so yeah. having someone else just drop it as like, N media res information we should just have in the universe. Yeah, it's pretty refreshing.
1: Yeah. And the fact that this is something that's so noticeable in this show that we pointed out as being a plus side, I feel like is not a good reflection on American Horror Story. No, it's not. No. Um, And then... That's how we learn that Nana's clairvoyant. That's her thing. Um, And then Madison uses her telekinesis. Like, we get, like, Madison's backstory. um, And Mm -hmm. we get a flashback of Madison using her telekinesis, because that's Madison's thing. Um, She's Carrie, essentially, to drop a stage light on an asshole director who's like, we need you to to stand in the light. We need the light to hit you. And this is another kind of funny thing they say.
0: He's he's yelling at her for, like, what is a really valid reason, to be fair, which is, like, No, you can't just be wherever on the stage. You need to hit your spots. Like we're filming in a specific spot at a specific angle. You can't just be wherever. <laughs> like, like you need to be in the spot, hit your like hit the lights, please. And then she drops it on him and goes, well, Like, he didn't have any problem getting hit by the light or like whatever, yeah. or something along those lines. <laughs> American horror story. but Uh, um yeah it it, this really does set up madison is just the worst which is why it's so weird they're like we're making madison sympathetic before the end of this episode i was like it's okay i could just not like her yeah (laughs) that's
1: the thing is like they start to do a thing which they have never successfully done in any other season thus far and as far as i'm aware except for maybe a couple that i can think of off the top of my head of having a character that you're originally introduced to As like, hey, this person fucking sucks. They're probably going to be an antagonist. Um, And then it's revealed by the end of the episode almost that like it's they're not as bad as you think that they are, um, which they've never done before. Instead, they're like, this is just, Dr. Arden. He's a Nazi and a evil <laughs> scientist and also has done, um, I don't know, some assaults maybe and some... I was going to say, spoiler, <laughs> I just wish
0: they would do any of those without using the vehicle of sexual assault because I feel like half of them I've seen personally, at least in this show so far, whenever a character has a transformation like that. It's either sexual assault or some other kind of assault at the very least,
2: and I just I want them to get a new one. I'm yeah. trying <laughs> to get a new trick. I really, yeah. yeah. I think like that, like sexual violence stuff is usually not well handled in horror in general, or it's usually better abstract in things like Alien or Silent Hill 2, where like after the fact you're like, oh, that was like a metaphor. Kind a metaphor, of thing. yeah. <laughs> right. As a, but American Horror Story forever it leans on it a lot. I don't know why, and Which, I think that uh... like, yeah.
1: No, I was going to say, like, that is a thing to be said, and especially if you are someone who's super into horror, um, mm-hmm. like, that is a constant discussion amongst people who are really into horror, because unfortunately, that is something that is very, very present in horror media, is like, mm-hmm. uh, or even just regular media. Game of Thrones was also very uh, guilty of this, of like, oh, oh yeah. we can't mm-hmm. think of something traumatic to happen to a female character. Um, right. Have them yep. get sexually assaulted. Like,. It's the worst thing that can happen to them. So just have that happen. Um mm-hmm. and American Horror Story, I'm not excusing it for them by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, just saying, it is
0: it is like common in the in the genre yeah. in the media. It is not. They are not alone in it. That. Is yeah.
1: extremely just, low hanging fruit that unfortunately many properties and, choose to grab. Yeah. The, the only
0: repetition, I think, is yeah. really what bothers me the most about it. Like it, I, I feel like they haven't tried anything.
1: else That's the thing, because
2: like you know, it's like tough to talk about in a funny podcast, but it, it's like it's like the one thing. The one thing I'm definitely going gonna get coven is there's one scene of it that we're gonna get out of the way at least in the first episode because it's in every fucking season oh well, almost every a lot of seasons of the show where you're it's like yeah it's like it, yes it is well-worn territory in the horror uh genre for probably word whatever but like they just there's a lot of it especially season 2 like Asylum like when we were recording it I forgot how god, many things yeah. there were there where it's just like oh my god there's like 5 like what the fuck like it you know, literally but-
1: for season 2 it was like we had one of those like silly calendars on the wall that's like it's been 0 days <laughs> since season 2 had a sexual assault scene and then we yeah. every time we'd record we'd have to like rip the thing off and make yeah. it go back down to 0 <laughs> like diversity win <laughs> this time it
0: was the priest who got assaulted yeah like it wasn't Good.
1: It's <laughs> a bad time. Yeah. So we'll get there because that happens a little bit later. But um, mm. so Madison um like killed a guy with her telekinesis or whatever, and then Queenie says that she's a bad actress, and Madison throws some super lap. Queenie uses her power, which we'll get more into in later episodes. But for all intents and purposes, it's called injury transference. That's the actual title they use for her power in the show, Ooh. um, which.
0: She's a shield maiden, yeah. which is yeah. like one of the best. Yeah, shield maiden. Just if you stab her instead, you are stabbed. That's it. That's yeah. a, It's not a complicated power. It's, it's just like if you wound her, you are wounded instead. There is a little bit of a twist here in that she can wound herself and send it to someone else, which is not
2: usually part of the deal. So right. that's
0: that's fun. Because yeah. it would make
2: you it would make you OP Right. Which yeah. right, I would imagine anyway. So yeah, Which who, who I love. Say?
0: And Queenie immediately demonstrates by grabbing a fucking knife off the table, standing or stabbing herself in the hand and being like, Oh, what's wrong? Wiener got stabbed in the hand. I don't feel shit. Instead, <laughs> the hand like three times. I'm like, hell yeah. And then <laughs> immediately Madison, you know, stands up, starts trying to, you know, start a fuss, and <laughs> Queenie <laughs> just takes the knife to her neck and is just like, I'll fucking do it. And I'm just like, This character's so fucking hard. <laughs> <I
1: love her. laughs> <laughs> so much ass. I love this. He's cleaning. pretty great. Yeah. Um, there's really, aside from maybe Zoe, and even Zoe, I don't like hate, but like m- all of the characters that they create are like fun. They're like all pretty enjoyable. Even if you don't like them as like people, they're all at least fun to be around and like see them interact with other characters. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so Nan uh, kind of calms Queenie down and leads her out of the room, leaving Zoe alone with Madison. And Madison's like, oh, I just got a text. We're going to go to a frat party. Um, elsewhere, Cordelia is doing weed magic in her plant laboratory. And Fiona comes in and is like, hey, what's up? And it scares her. And she drops her beaker full of weed or whatever. Um, and Cordelia, <laughs> another <careful>. another joke. <laughs> um, Cordelia breaks her beaker and then goes, I don't have a broom. And Fiona laughs. And it's like, that's ironic. And I'm like, there's a lot of witch humor in this, which is, uh, I got to give them credit for at least writing jokes and saying that they're jokes, like ex- explicitly writing jokes that are jokes. They have,
2: they have handled this a lot worse before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's corny, but it's fun corny.
1: At least we know they're trying to be funny. There is there is levity in almost every scene. Almost every scene. um, But- Even though that was a funny joke, that does raise the question. Why don't you own a broom? Um, Anyway, (laughs) um, Delia, which is Cordelia, but they call her Delia for the rest of the show pretty much, um, offers uh, Fiona a rejuvenation potion. She's like, you look a little tired. Um, Fiona's like, "Uh, man, I wish you would have turned out to be a better witch. And it's like implied that that's her daughter. And she's like, you're the daughter of the Supreme, so now we know two things, that that's Fiona's daughter and that Fiona is the Supreme, the current Supreme. Um, and then Fiona takes the potion and she clocks it immediately as being poison um, to call Delia's bluff by offering it to the cat. And Delia, like, snatches it up so the cat doesn't get it. Um And then, so you can tell there's animosity between these characters. Another thing that they would have never handled tactfully in another season of the show, and they would have just straight up had these characters say they hated each other, like verbally to each other, while saying just the most (laughs) insane dialogue. You um, mean the way
2: Arthur Arden and um, uh, sister uh, Sister uh, Jude? Oh, gee, yeah, Jude. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yep.
1: Absolutely. These actually feel like two characters who know each other and have history, having a conversation. <sighs> it's wild, and we have context clues to suss out what their relationship to each other is without them explicitly saying what their deal is. Um, but Fiona explains that she's back because she saw the news about Misty being burned alive and it's her job as a Supreme to kind of teach the girls how to defend themselves so that they don't become Salem 2.0. Um, and she makes a point about how social media and the internet makes it really hard to like get away with doing stuff without it being blasted all over the internet. Um, and that puts the girls in danger. Um, and then Delia kind of says a thing about like, when are you going to finally die and leave me alone? Um, and Fiona kind of has a moment of like she kind of falters a little bit, and she's like, "Well, I'm here now," um, which is again, there's some nuance in this scene. Both actresses do a really good job, especially knowing like where it goes from here. Like very clearly written by a different person, um, <laughs> and that's our like introduction to those two, and explains why Fiona's there. Then we start this sequence. Um, we're now in a a bus i guess like a party bus (laughs) yeah it's like not a
0: bus it's clearly a limo at first yeah you're you're right you're responsive writing down frat boy limo correct because it's clearly a limousine what they're inside of at the beginning of
2: this scene
1: yeah we see a bus later but they're fully in a limousine in the scene that we're watching um yeah and a guy <laughs> named kyle who's played by evan peters who is everybody in every other season um tate langdon is an example um is like giving a speech about the rules of the party they're going to he's going to be the sober one to make sure that their frat doesn't get into too much trouble um then they go in the house where the party's happening or whatever and it's like also a nightclub.
0: Hey. Just straight up, first thing, not a job. You give a pledge. You don't give a new kid the job of being the the one who makes sure shit doesn't go bad. Yeah, that's not a good idea. That's yeah. a bad idea. You don't pick him. Yeah, <laughs> even if he's even if he's good boy with magic come aliens love you don't fucking pick him.
1: <laughs> oh, the tie-in we needed for this for this season is that he's got the magic come to balance out Zoe's weird killer vagina. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. If only. If only. Imagine <laughs> <in> heaven. <laughs> uh, and so then they go inside, and there's like a big party, obviously. And Madison and Zoe show up to the party, and Kyle like sees Zoe and is like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, while staring at her through an ice sculpture. Um,. Which,
0: it's so funny that you were like is that a thing frats have and then beef and i both had to be like okay so kind of <laughs> and then like i remembered since then that um yeah no what one of the houses i stayed at not a frat but we did two years in a row a laser light formal that was a black tie event with a ton of ice sculptures and a bunch of laser lights it was <laughs> fucking sick hell yeah <laughs> so, yeah they did yeah so- there were ice sculptures yeah can't get conf- for
2: <laughs> some some frats are like very big and like have a lot of rich like kids in them and stuff so like you could in theory have this like sick party at a frat house because yeah you know yeah. whatever but, yeah yeah they're all I think, kinds
1: i think that's the implication here um And they're, like, kind of just mingling with each other. Zoe and Kyle are, like, having a conversation. Um, Elsewhere, Madison is in a stairwell smoking, and she's approached by, like, the douchey guy who we were introduced to in the bus, but I didn't feel relevant to to talk about him. Um, And he's, like... I don't even remember What he says But he's just kind of Staring at her And she's like Go get me another drink They're literally just Staring
0: at each other For a while And then she just goes like Do you want to be my slave Tonight And he's like What do I get out of it And she goes You fool Slaves get nothing And he goes She goes Get me a drink And he goes Okay great Which like Damn, if that ain't a series of red flags at a frat party, which, of course, Mm -hmm. they immediately are going to do that. That is not. Don't worry. They're not being clever. She's getting roofied. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what's going down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's no, like, subtlety to it either. And, like, no introduction to, like, this character having this plan from the beginning. He's just like, I've decided to roofie Madison Montgomery. Um, And he does it. Uh, And then he takes her upstairs to start assaulting her, which there's a pretty graphic assault scene. Um, if you're you know trigger warning if you're very affected by that maybe don't watch this episode or fast forward part past the part with the uh, stairwell Um, Mm -hmm. because it goes on for a minute and it is if I had to say probably the most graphic one in the show so far
0: I would agree easily easily Um, also just to highlight they take her to a room that they have premeditated and set up for this assault like they had the tools they had the stuff in place this is clearly their fraternity that they like yeah. this is
2: their house and I when just,
1: we say they, they it's a whole group it's a whole a group limo. of them who are assaulting it's, her. it's everybody it's in, in the bus except for yeah. it.
2: evan peters is like yeah the token like good person good i guess who's like you know yeah because then when he learns it, he's like what the fuck you know even which is odd because it's like haven't you been hanging out with these people like does this new whatever so yeah it's
1: weird because like when he's giving the speech in the boss he's like yeah there was that one time that like you got drunk and threw up in public and there's that one time that you peed in public like and then you got a a decent exposure (sighs) charge yeah like it's like it's really weird that these guys went from like general debauchery to um yeah a group like premeditated sexual assault of a person (laughs) like weird jump in choices of things to do as a group
0: went from got too drunk and accidentally peed on a cop car to sex cult yeah Yeah, (laughs) a bit of a leap
1: yeah, and uh, like it's not like some of these guys like aren't into it. Like they're all into it and they're like videotaping it and shit. Like it's just It's like
2: hot. yeah, it's very it's clearly
1: yeah. premeditated on their part. Um anyway, so like Zoe's like talking to Kyle and he's like flirting with her and he, she's like sorry, this isn't going to work out. Um I just don't want to be with anybody. Uh and then she's like I got to find Madison and then they're like looking for Madison and they can't find her and he's like oh, I'll go check upstairs for her um and he does and he finds his frat brothers um assaulting madison and immediately starts fighting them and is like what the fuck are you doing um and starts beating the shit out of them and he's like i'm gonna call the cops and so they all like he's like you're those videos are evidence like stuff like that and they all panic and start running out of the party which is weird because like ty just said this is almost certainly their frat house
0: their frat house yeah Yeah. and which why did they arrive in a limo see the limo almost makes more sense because i've definitely been at events especially in like high school and stuff where you would like do a ride around in a limo before a big event just as like a fun nice thing to do as like a little pre-game
2: experience yeah or like a drunk shuttle kind of thing is not out of the question or unrealistic between bars but yeah the fact that yeah the fact that they're all in a fraternity and this is their house that's what like throws this all into into whack because it's like but wait, so how is this working? You know, but whatever. yeah, like, why are so you running to they, a
1: getaway vehicle? They all
0: run out. Um, it's unclear, but Kyle gets in the bus with them. They kinda I'm like, still not sure. They like kind of. They like yeah. drag him in. But kind the, of. The, it's
2: the plot needs him in the van. So they're yeah. kind of beating him up and dragging him in the van with him, which is like it's like
1: a you're going yeah. down with us type thing of like even though you're objecting well, to it, like you're you're in this now, you're yeah. a, a accomplice like, to this. You can't
2: stay here to help them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I,
1: I it's like one of those. Yeah. I
2: guess, but it's like still awkward. So either
0: way, yeah, they all get in the jeep, and then when they're on their big extended motorcycle together, Madison walks outside and. After being comforted a little bit by Zoe, but is like clearly very upset, uh, understandably, about this. One thing, by the way, she does ask, like, hey, did you get drugged or whatever? And um, Madison, like, can't even respond because yeah. she's so heavily sedated. Mm-hmm. Um, this is maybe 35 seconds later, and she is up and at him and full ready to go. Um, and does just, like, casually uh, flip the bus over. Like, uses With- telekinesis yeah. to just make the, the bus do a, a big barrel roll um so this is why they had to switch uh them being in a different frat and why even though they clearly took a limo they instead took a bus and all that stuff is because they paid probably a good amount of money for that cg for that bus flip <laughs> yeah and her blowing it up <laughs> they're like oh yeah oh shit we already have the cg for the bus gang it has to be, it has to be a bus, <laughs> it has to be a
1: bus. <laughs> yeah and so i kind of mentioned this in the group chat because we were talking about like oh here we go episode one and they've already checked off the sexual assault scene um out of all the scenes they have like this in american horror story this is one of the few that like a i guess in a way develops the character unfortunately but also b has immediate repercussions for the assaulter Mm, all of the other ones feel so impotent of like oh this bad thing happened to person nothing will ever come of it um,
0: or person who was already, like, flagged for death and assumed doomed uh, got one sexual assault in before that was finally what, what did him in. So it feels yeah. very unsatisfying because yeah. it's like they could have died for any number of just reasons, but you had to slap one more in. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so Madison getting her immediate, like, immediate revenge and, like, those people immediately facing repercussions kind of refreshing that they didn't just Mm -hmm. be like yeah bad thing happened and then they got away with it like no she fucking killed them um she handled business immediately um and she immediately kind of shuts down and is like i don't want to talk about it i'm fine this is yesterday's news um because the next day we see uh queenie and nan watching a news report about the bus explosion where all of the boys except for two of them two of the nine boys survived all the other ones died in the explosion. Madison's like, that was yesterday's news. And she's very clearly trying to like act like it didn't bother her. Um, and then Zoe's like, this is maybe one of the weirder dialogues. Zoe's like, we have to tell somebody what happened. There was a good guy on that bus. <laughs> and it's like, well, you probably should mm, tell nah. someone what happened. But that's a weird reason to do it. Like, Being- what a weird incentive. And you know it too, it's like you don't
2: really know him. Like he's friends with all of them, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have assumed he was a good guy, you know? Like like, you
1: talked to him (laughs) for like fifteen minutes prior to this happening. Like yeah, really odd choice on Zoe's part um but then fiona walks in and you can tell that none of the girls have met fiona before because they're Mm -hmm. all like who the fuck is this lady uh and fiona looks in and looks at madison and is like that was a sick bus flip but you're sloppy as fuck you gotta get that shit tightened up um you're gonna get us caught then she kind of like gently telekinesis throws madison into a wall (laughs)
0: <sighs> um, yeah cause Madison kind of gives her like who the fuck are you and then she's just like chuck roast teleport to wall
1: and it, <laughs> and afterwards it's is so like, slow okay it's, I'll listen it's like yeah. so gentle she's like boop and like knocks her into a wall it's really funny um and then she's like alright girls we're going on a field trip wear something black Um, and she takes them to, like, (laughs) downtown New Orleans, and she's like, we're going to Pop's Fountain, which is an old witch hangout, which they don't get to this location in this episode, by the way. Um, she's like, it's an old witch hangout that was damaged during Hurricane Katrina. Um, and then she drops a line where she's like, when witches don't fight, we burn. And I'm like, okay, we kind of, we get it. Like, you're getting ready for, like, a war or whatever. Um... And then Nan gets her spidey senses clairvoyance tingling and is like, I'm going to go into that house across the street. Um, And she does. And it's uh, Madame Larie's mansion where there's currently a tour being given. Um, And Nan's just kind of watching. And then Fiona's like, where the fuck did Nan go? And they all go and follow her. Um, And the tour guide's like, hey, you can't just like eavesdrop on the tour. You have to pay for the tour. And Fiona's like, mind control. The tour's free. And the tour guide's like, the tour's free. Um, (laughs) And then that's when we get the weird lore drop that the house... Uh, Madame Lollerie, the real person's house, was owned by Nicolas Cage at one point, which I Googled, and that's true. Which yeah, is hilarious. That doesn't surprise
0: me. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me a little bit. That that fool bought so many like mansions and castles and jets that he could not afford. Yep. Like that was like a big problem he had. So the fact that one of them was like a historical murder. I mean, come on, especially a murder house. Oh, Nick yeah. Cage in a murder house. That's yeah. like so him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That's> so him, <laughs> right? I just thought it was such a funny thing to drop in here and for it to be real. Like, it wasn't even a joke, it was just like a real fact.
0: The Uh thing that I love is that almost feels like they were like, well, they might not know that this madame was a real lady, but what if we breadcrumb them in by being (laughs) like this weird Nick Cage (laughs) fact? And (laughs) then they look that up and they're like, holy shit, that's true. Wait, that means that's a real person. What the? (laughs) Uh,
1: And so they're kind of like, we're getting information. Um, We're getting information in the form of the tour guide giving us information, which they do it well in this episode unlike when they do it in season one where we get the same tour guide giving different information f- like four different times to the same character <laughs> in different <laughs> episodes. Um, but we're getting essentially the same tour uh, of the- that these people are getting um, and we're introduced to another real person character with a capital C who is Marie Laveau um, who is a real lady um, <sighs> who was uh, the lady who in this Fictionalized version of history is the person who quote unquote killed um Madame LaLerie. Um, Bastion, the guy who got the Minotaur treatment, um, had been her lover and she wanted revenge, so she showed up to Madame Laurie's house back in the past and was like, I'm gonna give you a love potion to make your husband stay like loyal to you or whatever. Um, and Madame Laurie is a dumb motherfucking idiot and took it without um Even having one other person try it uh, and got poisoned by it, obviously. Um, Kathy Bates has a hell of a time pretending to get poisoned. It's a very funny scene um it's
0: so good too because she starts with like oh it tastes like honeysuckle and then like keeps like trying like it's almost like she's like wait am i not poisoned yet and like goes back for more she's like come on how am i not poisoned yet and like turns up the <laughs> little <laughs> vial again and it's like ma'am it is like three quarters of an ounce in there you got all of it yeah it's not that big of a jar it's <laughs> like
1: yummy yum, yum 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 i love the poison taste it's really yummy um
0: it's funny too because like honey if it would be really to me at least it would be so funny and I, they shouldn't have done it because it would have been not appropriate for the show but if she's like that tastes like almonds that's great that just so if anybody was ever like that tastes like uh, kind of like cherries or like almonds a little bit like that would be such a good bit
1: <laughs> and maybe there is something like googling like oh poison that tastes like honeysuckle or something but i didn't bother doing it um
2: yeah. That'll get you on a list, yeah. Because yeah, I, I know I know
1: where this plot thread goes, so I didn't bother Googling it. Um and then it kind of like pans out from the tour, and Fiona's like, Fucking nana is gone again. And she looks outside the like the window, and Nan is now across the street in a garden, having a think to herself, and Fiona goes out there and is like hey, what what you thinking about? And Nan's like, oh, I'm talking to the lady of the house. And she's like looking at the ground and simultaneously the tour guide's like, yeah, no one ever found Madame Lurie's body. Ooh. Um, but Nana's clairvoyance And they
0: pan at the ground like aggressively yeah. Like they just like turn the camera Straight at the ground and like zoom in Like <laughs> if there wasn't context This would just be bad filmmaking This, <laughs> this is
2: <laughs> like so obvious This is the video game signposting You where to dig you know like, For the continue the yeah.
1: Or like the ladders after, painted yeah. yellow in Resident Evil So you know where yeah. to go yeah.
0: Or just like yeah, after you get a shovel For the first time in like In like Stardew Valley and they're like pan over they're like look you can dig here for example (laughs) yeah one of those
1: yeah um and then it cuts to a a random hospital somewhere else um i guess zoe cares enough about the guy she talked to for 15 minutes to go check on him (sighs) Mm -hmm. at a local hospital um and she's like meandering about the hospital and she goes into a random fucking room which has another guy in it by the way um but she just walks past and there's a guy behind a curtain and she's like please be him please be him and cuz only two of the guys i guess only two of the guys survived and they were like just yeah just put both of those guys in the same room yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works that's a thing
2: yeah exactly um, emotional support even though they're unconscious or whatever and sure she, <laughs> she
1: somehow knows that the, the first guy is the one of the nine boys, I guess. And so she's like, Oh, it's the guy that's hidden by the curtain, Kyle. (laughs) And she pulls the thing back and it's not. It's like the head rapist. Um Mm -hmm. I don't know what his name is. I don't even know if they tell us. And she's like, It should have it shouldn't have been you or yeah, it shouldn't have been you. Um Yeah,
2: you should have died too, or there's the idea, right? She doesn't say that, but yeah, yeah. And
1: like I'm hopping forward a little bit because I think we all know where this culminates anyway, but what happens by the end of this scene? Because it gets broken up with a couple other things. Is um, she crawls on top of him and kills him with her killer vagina by like giving him a boner Which, like- and then having sex with his unconscious body. And I'm like, I
2: don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm like, ma'am, he's already in a coma. Just like I don't know, smother him with a pillow. Right. Like, yeah. He's not what tells fight me back. about
2: this. Is-
0: it just raises so many questions about the mechanics of her power that I didn't. I didn't want to ask. I wasn't going to ask. I was just going to let the show handle it. <laughs> they're begging it, they're you just to now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a thing of like if a lady had this and she just ran up and like dry humps me for like a second or two before I was like, hey, stop that! Like, am I done? Is it over? Like, is it GG? You just lose I your lost? leg. You just lose like, your leg that's, wherever she humps. I just that's, lose my leg in that. Okay, I go
2: I, dude. Yeah, I I have to assume so. Ninja Scrolls the canon that we have to work with as far as I'm concerned. Okay,
1: so and as far as I'm aware, we don't really get more information about this power. We just know like the general like. If she puts her vajayjay on you, you die, um, and she does, and like he starts bleeding out of all of his orifices, which I guess it, I guess it could be argued like she wanted him to die like the most painful death possible, which is like I guess whatever. So-
0: um, or in a way that's, like, plausibly deniable, I guess, because, yeah. like, if he was smothered with a pillow, they'd be like, ah, someone smothered him with a pillow, but if he had blood come out of all of his <laughs> orifices, they'd just, like, they gesture at the camera, and they're like, I don't know, Cthulhu
2: did it? Like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yeah, brain aneurysm, I guess. I'm getting um, my name
2: in a medical journal for whatever this is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, (laughs) so uh, like I said, that scene is bookmarked over this next sequence. It doesn't all happen at one time Um, after she like is like it should have been you. It cuts to Fiona talking to Delia and she's like, don't wait up. She's like having all her stuff moved into the house and she's like, don't wait up. I'm going out and Delia makes a joke about how she's going to enchant the lock. So Fiona can't come back in and Fiona goes, don't make me drop a house on you. And I'm like, they are Like, they're like, how many witch references can we make in this episode? They are just absolutely ham fisting the witch humor that they can in this episode. Sorry, um, so the,
0: for what just, it's worth, if I was the ultimate witch, like I, if I was queen witch of Witch Mountain and everyone knew it was me, I mm-hmm. was the boss witch who had all the abilities, I would absolutely go witch mode 24-7 oh, yeah. and just constantly be making jokes. I'd be fucking insufferable with it,
1: yeah. I think it's in, in, like, an incredible choice to have this character specifically make like yes. witch jokes all the time. Um, I love
0: it. There's like a certain
2: confidence to it that I think rocks. I feel like there is probably a nerd writer who is like, come on, guy, we can't keep doing this. But it's just like, nah, keep it (laughs) up. It's fine.
1: (laughs) One of the things that, like, I find refreshing, and I think I've talked about this when we've talked in the past about, like, well, why did you used to like this show? Like, it's obviously awful, is this is one of the first seasons, if not maybe the only season. There's a couple later that are kind of like this that we haven't talked about yet. But, like, this is one of the seasons where they clearly aren't trying to take themselves too seriously. um, mm -hmm. And they're not afraid to be really campy. And there's other shows that I really like that are in the same vein, like Scream Queens. Um, where, like, it's a horror thing, but they are not afraid to, like, be funny or, like, silly or, like, they're not trying to be, like, super cool. And, like, the fact that these characters just openly call themselves witches and, like, make witch jokes all the time kind of adds, like, a little bit of campiness to it where you're like, okay, they're not trying to be, like, this cool, mysterious thing with, like, all this also mystery. A character-
0: like a character being fun and funny and charming makes you l- care about them more yeah. so you're more invested in their journey whether it be the good or the bad you're more concerned for them just in general because you like them which is yeah something that a lot of the show has forgotten but this yeah you're right 100 like queenie in particular is funny as fuck
1: <laughs> can't wait to see more of this yeah. character. she rocks <laughs> queenie kicks ass um we get our second voiceover <laughs> from zoe where she's like giving a voiceover of a montage Um, and it's her visiting Kyle's memorial. And she's talking about how the city of new Orleans is a really strong community because of the hurricane. And they've had to like, like it's an uncharacteristically poignant speech about how like when there is a calamity or a disaster that a lot of times um, groups of people like cities, for example, that suffer a disaster will kind of drop all the bullshit and everyone is one big community to like handle the crisis. Um and that's the theme of like what she's saying is like when something bad happens people band together and drop all the bullshit. And when she's giving the part about how you drop all the bullshit and what's left is raw and vulnerable, it cuts to a shot of Madison who is in the bathtub just like openly weeping. Um and like is clearly breaking down and it like you're you understand that like oh she's pretending that, like, it didn't bother her or whatever, but, like, ultimately she is absolutely destroyed by what happened to her. Um, And, like, I keep forgetting her name, Zoe, um, is like, it's agony to let people see you so exposed. And I'm like, this is a level of deepness for a character that has been reached that in, like, 30 minutes that they have tried to accomplish with every other character in this show so far and have done the complete opposite, have just made the character convoluted, and make no sense. Um, they've somehow m- like made these characters both campy, and fun, and unrealistic, and also people. <laughs> um, which <laughs> most shows do, it's wild. Most shows do that when they have characters, is they make them people. Um, that they haven't done that in American Horror Story so no, far. I yeah. have in no way believed any character was a real person in American Horror Story until this season. Um, but yeah, um that's why I think this season had ghostwriters. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the final scene of the episode is back at Lillery Mansion. Fiona is back at the spot where Nan <laughs> was staring at the ground. Um, and is, like, having um, the body exhumed, Um, and she has these men pull the coffin out of the ground, Um, and she's like, you guys won't remember any of this, and then Jedi mind tricks them to have their memory wiped, which is a really convenient power to have, Um, and they just kind of walk away, Um, and she opens up the, the, like, the cedar box, and inside it's revealed that madame laurie never died and she was just buried alive and that was her punishment is that she was kept alive underground um by, for like 120
0: years yeah mm-hmm. for
1: a long time um And then Fiona, I'm sure her
0: mind is fine. Yeah, I'm I'm sure sure she hasn't had any kind of issues or breakdowns Mm -hmm. or you know scattering to the ether. I'm sure she hasn't experienced more ego deaths than most people experience
1: ego life. Which (laughs) definitely not. I'm not. I'm not gonna like say because I don't remember. I genuinely don't remember, and I don't want to spoil it in case I am right. But I seem to remember that one of my biggest critiques of this is that I think the show treats her being buried underground as like a sufficient punishment for how terrible she was but i don't remember <laughs>
2: so here's the thing no uh no, no, I'll, I'll, to to they don't totally go in that direction says Future slow beef because like there are times where they tease it and you're kind of like oh really and then they kind of do it i will say they take little shots at her that hmm are not appropriate in the sense that what she has done is so heinous even before I knew she was a real person where you're like mm-hmm. like what is that like what are we even doing here you know what I mean where it's it's like it's I mean again without spoiling things it's just sort of like oh you're uh your dress sure is dirty teehee and it's like you're talking to a slave owner you know what I mean like these are not like comparable insults
0: you know like if this motherfucker stinky. had a cash crop
2: of tobacco,
0: you know? Yeah.
2: Like stinky lady. That's not gonna cut it. <laughs> like you know so.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um and then Fiona like helps her get untied and unchained and whatever, and she's like, Come on, I'll buy you a drink, and then the two of them like kinda walk off into the night, and that's where the episode ends. Um mm-hmm. and that is our episode <coughs> one.
2: Yeah. And
0: and like, I think, again, credit where credit's due, they have multiple plot lines that are opened up and have hooks out and whatnot, but they all feel relevant. Like, they all feel like they're relevant to the core cast of characters. And it's clear that this core cast of characters are all related to each other. There's no, like, weird clusters off in space of just, like, here's two people who don't like each other but aren't really related to Lana Winters <laughs> at all, you know? There's, <laughs> here's just two people off. Here's a little side story about no one you give a fuck about who has no impact on the plot for an hour. It's just none of that. So far, it's like, okay, there's you, you got the, the, the teen girl squad. You got... The, the head witch and you've got weird old lady back in time and like those are the three main components and they all you know very clearly related and they all have interesting things like uh you know like what is going to be the result of reviving the worst human being <laughs> well, how's that gonna go why does um uh, fiona want to do that you know that kind of thing um what's uh zoe gonna do about Her like issue. (laughs) Is it going to develop into something more interesting, or is it just like the character with the worst power? They also do (laughs) some like they do some
1: (laughs) interesting breadcrumbing too about like what the future plot is going to be. They're like, oh, there's there's going to be witch issues. Yeah, there's going to be witch issues. Also, they they add some like without explicitly saying like this is going to be the conflict of the show. They like give us hints as to like oh, there's obviously some animosity between fiona and cordelia who are mother and daughter what is that about i wonder why they have animosity yeah um things that make you or want just to know like, more mm-hmm.
0: a necromancer existed like that already because like if a necromancer existed that means the supreme is also a necromancer mm-hmm. <laughs> like that mm-hmm. kind of thing right like there's so many layers on it and it's like yeah, they've like built a pretty interesting world without a lot of tools. Like, there's not that many moving pieces, yet it's still fascinating to behold. And I think that's that's pretty hard to nail, all told. And I think they did an they did a solid job in this episode. Yeah, give it Yeah, no, yeah no, I, it This episode to <laughs> give finality. But the thing about
1: it is, again, the bar is in no. hell. But the fact that this is the season premiere and this was how good it was is. a a testament to like oh they're kind of figuring out how to make a tv show now i mean straight up no no Mm -hmm.
0: fronting if you had shown me this episode and it was like just a thing i was watching with a group of friends and i saw this first episode i'd be like okay yeah i'll watch some more of that yeah Yeah, yeah. like if we were voting on will we watch more of this i would say yeah that was fun it was interesting it had some jokes in it like it was a good time let's watch some more of that 100% which is not something I would say about Like most of the rest of this show Other yeah. than like because it's funny To watch you know yeah, it's, I will uh, say, it's There's been a
1: couple of premieres where I would have been like We have to that was so fucked up and stupid We have to watch more of this Disaster <laughs> fire yeah.
0: But this one's like a real like I would Watch this as a show like it's interesting To me there are there's a plot happening There's characters there's acting
2: yeah, and, you know, I think it's like, it's interesting, too, because now we do know, like, future us is like, we know that they don't learn their lesson either, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not, you're right, it's not bad at all. And But it's like, for some reason or another, they, they lose the plot, at, we at least know in season six and seven, so.
1: I almost wonder <sighs> if the people, if there were, this is all hypothetical, if there were people that were brought on for this that did make this season better. Um, I wonder if those people, like, didn't get so frustrated by the end of the season. They're like, I'm not making more of these. <laughs> I'm not helping with future episodes, <laughs> our future seasons. Like, I'm done. I'm tapping out. Or if they just, like, <laughs> lost whatever resource they had for that. Because there are other seasons where I will give them credit to the point where they weren't abysmal. Like, I would go as far as to say, like, for a, a at least a portion of it, like, Hotel is really good. Um... <clears throat> It's not a good season, oh, but man, there are parts I, of it. You and I are gonna have
2: words when that season. I'm, just joking. Listen, I'm not I'm saying, gonna, saying it's I'm good. So hyped. I'm not saying
1: it's good. I can't it's wait for good. Lady Gaga
2: Vampire Season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait for Lady Gaga. Period. Yeah, yeah. Every time she's involved, In it's a delight. It's a true delight. Well, I guess that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. there. It's left us with cliffhangers. Um, I for guess. Sure.
0: Yeah. See. Season four, I'm hopeful. I I don't know. So the fourth season of this podcast, I think this show might, I think, you know what? Historically, (laughs) I have been shown to be incorrect and I have seen the future of season seven and I know they don't get there, but I think maybe they're onto something with this
1: season three. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they... At least, think- at, at, you know what? At least, at the very least, we got a good episode out of it. Even if they're all yeah. garbage from this point on yeah, and irredeemable, go, we okay. got a good episode, which is more than I can Certified say out of anything. Fresh.
2: Fair. Fair. Oh, very fair.
0: Well, till next time, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> having a great day. So long. Bye.